Welcome back to another pastor conversation, our kind of uh, version of a virtual coffee hour. We miss these coffee hours that uh, we typically would have on Sunday mornings out with you after a sermon to go, hey, I have a question about that. I, I miss those questions. Uh, it's been fun in the last month or so to have some of you sticking around at least a little longer after services to be in conversation with us, give us opportunities to pray with one another, but we miss that full bustling garden court with food and coffee and all that kind of stuff. So this is uh, what we have instead, which is an opportunity for you to hear us sort of asking questions of one another, being responsive to some of the questions that we're receiving and that we believe are going on in the lives of people as we go now through this sermon series called Amazed and Afraid, where we're walking through the Gospel of Mark, 13 stories in Mark that show interactions that people had with Jesus where they were either amazed or afraid. Why? Um, and there's been one thing that we thought we should probably take a few minutes to talk about um, because there's no way we would adequately get into this in a sermon, and it wouldn't probably be right for us to spend weeks and weeks talking about this mm -hmm. uh, in a sermon series where we're focusing on Jesus. But you may have noticed that two of the texts already had Jesus casting out either evil spirits or demons. Mm -hmm. If you kind of just cold turkey start reading the Gospel of Mark and read the whole way through, especially the first half, it's a little arresting and a little jarring um, how casually demon possession is talked about and especially the passage that Joy preached on this last Sunday of the Gerasene demoniac. And we're not going to focus necessarily on that. If you Hopefully you heard that or you can go back and listen to it. But we thought we would give a little uh, more conversation around this idea of demons. Now, I want to just preface this by saying... Uh, one of the best pieces of wisdom that I ever heard from my professor, Jerry, um, Jerry Reed at North Park Seminary, uh, who did um, evangelism and some missiology and some interesting stuff, a lifelong missionary. And he, uh, he always said, I'm going to give you one lecture in one class on spiritual warfare, not because it doesn't deserve more. Uh, and not because it's not important, but because I don't want you to become obsessed with it because Jesus already has the victory. So I claim that at the beginning to say, Jesus, this is all in the lens of Jesus who is already victorious over these things, mm -hmm. but this is a reality that we still deal with. So, friends, Joy and Simon, here with me. Hello. How do we address this with people? As Joy, as you talked about on Sunday, there's a tendency to either say, this is, not, this is really nothing, or... Uh, starting to see sort of a, a evil force as a boogeyman around every corner. Mm. Um, what are some of the questions that you get from parishioners? How do we, how have you guided people in our church through that? And, and uh, how do we interact with the scripture in Mark where we see this demon-possessed person who's been in chains, who's, who's hurting themselves? How do we deal with these things? How do we talk about them? Joy. Yeah, well, as, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, I think, and, and C.S. Lewis writes this about, about this really well at the beginning of the Screwtape Letters, and it's, there's a, kind of a two extreme tendencies, and one is to, to be a, a modern materialist and say there is no spiritual world, there is no um, evil spirits. When we read that part in scripture, you know, you can just say someone who is mentally ill, maybe schizophrenic. Um, and, and Jesus healed them, but he didn't heal. It wasn't an exorcism. He just healed their mind and their heart. Um, and I, I would argue that I do believe mental illness exists and is real and is sometimes has uh, physiological and physical causes. But, but in these situations of these stories, especially we see in, in Mark 5, um, 
it is a evil spirit. It's a demon that's tormenting this man. Um, this isn't something that could have been cured with therapy and medication. Um, and one of the things I love about this story is that, that we really see what this kind of, we wouldn't maybe say a demonic uh, possession, but an indwelling is probably a better, uh, more biblical idea. Um, this, he, this man is more strong than, than normal people are. Um, and he has knowledge about Jesus that one wouldn't have. Uh, you know, he's a Gentile. He's in a Gentile region. He wasn't around for Jesus' baptism. He doesn't have this knowledge uh, in a normal human way. So there's definitely spiritual powers going on, and that's real. One, one of my challenges in this, and even like teaching this to the kids, uh, to my children at the Sunday Kids Camp, is how do we talk about uh, demonic powers and tell the whole story of Scripture without kids being afraid and um, I, I was asking my own kids just about their own thoughts about this story, and I, I said, well, when did you learn about evil spirits? And my daughter said, well, when I was five. And I thought, okay, that's pretty young. And then I said, well, do you ever feel afraid when you hear this story? Are you afraid that, that you'll be like that man um, or that an evil spirit would, would possess you or indwell in you? And my son said, well, the Holy Spirit is in me, so I don't have to be afraid. And I really think that that's important for all of us as we hear the story to remember the importance of uh, recognizing the spirit in us, both individually and as a church, and keeping in step with the spirit, as Paul writes, and that we don't need to be afraid, but it is a, it is a reality then and today. Simon, you, you kind of put together this series and you chose the text and you didn't hide, you, you didn't run from these texts uh, about demon possession. You went straight into them. So... Uh, you must think that those are still relevant for us to be talking about and working through. Yeah, it's always a, a fascinating. And I had similar um, uh, counsel when I was in seminary as well. Like, hey, we're going to talk about this. Uh, but it's, you know, it's the reason Scripture doesn't give you a, a wealth of information about the demonic realm is because it doesn't want you to focus on that. We want to be informed, but we don't want to be focused. And so, um, but I also think there can be a danger of reading scripture with an eye of modern like irrelevance right that we look at it and we go well that just means how they described ancient things back then they were uninformed we're so much smarter now uh and and you kind of read it as fairy tale and it really isn't i mean the way the scripture writers are capturing these stories they happened they happened specifically how they were described um and they were real entities that jesus encountered and had mastery over that I believe still has relevance for us today. Again, not that we want to focus on it, but we certainly want to be aware. So let's be aware a little bit. Um, there, there are scholars who have given their lives to the study of angels and demons. We know some of them with connections to this church even. Um, if somebody comes up to you and says, uh, I didn't really know the, this whole concept of spiritual warfare. Someone mentioned it to me. What is that? What do you mean when you say spiritual warfare? What's your, uh, what's your elevator answer if you've only got a minute or so to sort of answer that? <laughs> I, I look at kind of the, the layers of authority, right? So we know that in the heavenly realms, uh, Jesus, uh, ordained by God, has authority over all of creation, right? He's at the right hand of God. Between us and the heavens is a spiritual realm which according to scripture has also been given some authority and there's a dark realm to that. There's a dark authority to it uh, where you know, Satan thinks he's ruling and, and demonic presences, unclean spirit run around and they're stronger than us in terms of 
they understand and have access to the spiritual realm, which we don't. Um, so we have to access the Holy Spirit by faith and be assured of that, even as we encounter with these spirits that have, again, authority over a realm we don't yet see or can't see, um, but that does also break in just in, in some ways like heaven breaking in. But again, always understanding that you know Jesus has authority over it all, and that's where our strength comes from. And clearly the fact that Scripture does mention Satan that talks about demons means that these, do, these, these beings do have power. Um, they are not a power that can ultimately defeat the power of Jesus, but they are powerful. And so it's to our detriment if we treat those things lightly. Uh, so yeah, spiritual warfare is a battle that's raging all the time, something we can't see, but often we can sort of feel, right? Yeah. Uh, Talk, let's talk a little bit about just discernment. Um, you talked a little bit about parenting and, and teaching the children, but, but even the adults, in, uh, the adults in our church too. How can, we equipped, how can we be equipped to know and be sensitive to that battle that is sort of, that is sort of going on? Um, I know we were talking before we turned the mics on just a little bit about even um, the content that we watch. Uh, uh, yeah. in movies and, and, and so on. How can we be sensitive to those things to make sure that we're not running into things that are going to be destructive for us? Yeah, and I, I want to hear from, from Joy for sure, um, but I wanted to add also, like, not only is there, you know, informed theology, but unfortunately I have a, a fair amount of stories um, pre before I came to faith and even in pastoral ministry that I've had some encounters with these kind of wicked spirits. Again, not to the level that you would see in movies. I think Hollywood has its own version of that, that, that again, makes it almost seem so bizarre and silly in a dark way um, that it's almost amusing, but it's not. But I think it's real. Uh, I don't think it's like how the movie's uh, put on. And uh, yeah, I've just had different experiences along with uh, what I understand theologically that inform me that it's, it's real. And yeah, there's ways that we can prevent. Joy, what, what do you have on that? <laughs> so, Ways that we can be sensitive to those things around us or guide people in that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, in regards to how we spend our time, uh, whatever media we consume, I mean, there's a sense that, that I think things that are good and are of God are going to lead to life, mm -hmm. um, whether that's like delight and flourishing. So personally, I don't, I don't watch movies or media that make me feel afraid because mm -hmm. um, I... I don't think God wants us to be afraid. I've met people before who enjoy being afraid. They like that yeah. that uh, emotion from maybe horror films or something. And um, but for, but for me, I've just known for a long time that that's not that's not a state of mind that God wants me to be in. Yeah. And so um, that's something that I'm I'm careful with. And we've talked about media use a lot on this podcast. Um, so this might move us a little bit away from the. The demonic, but I think that 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 media that it would upset our spirits in any way, mm -hmm. um, like be feeling very angry. That's mm -hmm. probably not of God. Um, I, I listen to a lot of classical music and jazz. Mm -hmm. Like that's that that brings me a lot of delight. Um, but if you if but, you're watching something or listening mm -hmm. to something and there's sort of a check in your spirit that mm -hmm. says something's not right here. You know, I think our encouragement as pastors is run from yeah. those things. Like, you don't need to consume those things. Right. If you, if you like being scared, watch a suspense movie instead of a horror movie, you yeah. know, that has real sort of dark, demonic sort mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, uh, themes to it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you can choose that and say, this is something that's not good for me, right? Right. Yeah, yeah and I'll admit that I, I used to have a taste for that kind of scary movies, and I've watched them that are really dark and very literally demonic. Here comes mm-hmm. the Satan figure out, and it's the, the high point of the, the film. Um, yeah. I, I've since, you know, as I've matured in faith, have dropped, you know, uh, a taste for those. Um, I was going to offer to you from First Timothy chapter 4, uh, the first couple of verses says, Now the Holy Spirit expresses that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves. So there's a devoting of self to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Hmm. This through the insincerity of liars whose consciousness are, are seared. Uh, later he goes on to explain the antidote for that is to, number one, not have anything to do with irreverent or silly myths, which I think, I think movies and stories may fall into. Uh, there's a whole, of course, genre of, of you know, occult and dark kind of literature as well. Uh, rather, than, rather, he says, train yourself for godliness. And while bodily training is of some value, godliness is value in every way. It holds promise for this present light and also for the life to come. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing. The Holy Spirit expressly tells us in latter times we'll have to struggle with this, which yeah. mm-hmm. we are. Well, and, and along those lines, um, one of the questions that, I get and that I wrestle with and I and I know just from our conversation some of you have had too is uh, why do we experience this conversation sort of differently in the Western world than mm-hmm. the rest of the world mm-hmm. um, if you talk with Christians in Africa they have no problem reading Mark chapter 5 that is not that alarming to them they're used to witch doctors mm-hmm. they're used to um to all sorts of sort of voodoo and evil evil sort of spirit talk and and that's much more normal and actually i think in reading the gospels it's pretty clear in a jewish world this was not the most arresting thing for a jewish person they were aware of these people in their town that were tormented in this mm-hmm. way right why do you think we experience it differently here in the western world i, ha- I have sort of my ideas mm-hmm. but i'm interested in in your thoughts I mean, I think post-enlightenment, right, we, we depend a lot on human reason. And, and there, are, there are benefits to this, um, and there are also detriments to it. Uh, but I would say the temptation of the modern age, and I would actually argue we're past that now, but the temptation of the modern age is going to be less the fear of the demonic and more um, certain... Uh, ideologies or ways of thinking that elevate the human individual or ways of thinking that uh, destroy traditional uh, narratives. And I, I think that's just as damaging as the demonic realm. Uh, it's less scary on the outside, which might make it in some ways more powerful to a group of people. So even though this might not be the, the world that we live in, uh, at least that's experienced like that, there are certainly powers and principalities at work today. Um, one of the things that, that I've learned from missionaries who are in those more majority world cultures where there's just a regular understanding of the, the spirit world and evil spirits is that the good news of Jesus as the the one who expels the spirit is really experienced as good news. And that's one of the ways that people understand the gospel, that Jesus is the one, the God, from whom all other demons run. And, and that's the proclamation of the kingdom to those, those cultures, and that's great. Yeah, yeah I've had some uh, experiences to serve alongside and study with you know, brothers and sisters from 
African and other nations and the stories they tell are extraordinary where you're like, okay. And I remember one time in seminary, a guy telling a story about some pretty amazing spiritual release stuff that he had seen in his ministry. And we were, and I remember the professor even like, okay, buddy, I, I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was clear. That was his testimony that it happens and it happens often. And, and the professor said, well, if that happened, why wouldn't we see that more here? He's like, they are among you. You just don't yeah. notice because you don't look for them anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's got to be something to the rise of psychology as well. Uh, one of my stories I don't think I've shared with either of you that I'd sort of picked up along the way was um, uh, my dad had, uh, my dad and mom had spent a year in Zaire uh, and had seen some things spiritually and otherwise that really opened their eyes to the reality of spiritual warfare um, and came back to my grandpa to kind of share these things and go, hey, what do, you, what do you think about this? You know, a pastor, and uh, he and my great-grandpa were kind of talking about it, and they said, you know, I think it's mostly psychological, hmm. you know? And um, I, I think there's a danger there, and I think in the Western world we have so many different reasons for things and so many ways to explain away things, and we're highly educated enough that we can go, well, there's probably this reason or this reason or this reason. Now, I do not want to say that those who struggle with mental illness, that you are, you know, you have a demon that is not what's being communicated. But when we talk about uh, uh, mental torment and and so on, we can sort of psychologize some of those things and we can leave the whole spiritual realm out of that, that that's God's mind too. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if there are opportunities for uh, evil, uh, for wicked things to sort of take space, they can contaminate. And I think that's, C.S. Lewis talks about this is Satan's great uh, deception is not is to make us believe that that he's you know this cartoon character with horns and a pitchfork or whatever. It's not that it, Satan comes in, in in very subversive sort of ways and in, in into our into our lives and those can be some of the media that we consume. Uh, just not taking seriously some of those checks in our spirit that we have. Uh, I would also say pastorally to anyone who will listen, uh, you know, respectfully. If you're ever in a situation where you know, there's things like a Ouija board or tarot cards or palm reading or those, those kinds of things. Those are not fun and games. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are potential sort of back doors for Satan to come in and begin to take space in, in our hearts and our minds. Um, and, and I would also say, too, that we need to be careful of some, um, uh, the prevalence of, of new age sort of uh, spirituality in some ways, which can be often tied to things that I think leave all sorts of doors and windows open uh, for the evil one to come in and, and try and take spot in our hearts and our minds that belongs to God and God alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something just to be really, really careful about. If you have sort of a check in your spirit saying something's not quite right here, um, it, there's, there's a good chance that that's something you shouldn't be yeah. uh, participating in. Yeah, and, and to sort of follow up with that, Lars, and, and what you'd said earlier, Simon, the, I think a reason for us to be cautious of that is because humanity was given dominion over the physical world, mm-hmm. right? So that's why our participation in things like science is good, or, or often good, right? But in regards to the spiritual world, that is not our dominion. And that is, the, you know, the only spirit that we need to be dealing with is the spirit of God, which is what, a, what great uh, dignity that gives us, right? That, that the, so that's the only spirit for us to be in communion and communication with, uh, putting our hope in. Um, and the other stuff is that is not our realm and we need to stay out of it. Yeah. 
I'll call out one that's, you know, I think pretty common. You were talking about kind of having your eyes opened, especially when you do foreign missions. Yeah. Um, it's almost like those, uh, what are those uh, uh, colorful mass posters you stare at, and if you stare at it long enough in a weird way, yeah. a, a picture emerges. And then once you see it, you can't not see it, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember going to uh, Guatemala, and we were uh, deep in the country, and um, seeing people at night, uh, and it was otherwise a pretty nice, you know, pretty rural town, uh, but there were people there that were, that were really drunk, and, and, uh, it, but it was to a level I'd never even seen, and I've, you know, I've been around, um, but our guide was telling us, you know, that there's kind of Western uh, alcoholism, and then there's alcoholism at a level you've not seen. And, and these people were like zombified, drunk. Uh, again, I've just never seen somebody inebriated to that level that was alive, right? Um, but, you know, of course, we know that alcohol is a spirit. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's easily referred to as that, right? So that may be one where it's just, okay, you know, there's one to a certain level. You can, once you kind of see it, and then you see it more applied, um, you know, in contemporary life. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, again, we can't be uninformed, but we can't be overly, overly uh, focused either. Yeah. And you talked about, say what you said earlier about the security of your house. Yeah. I, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Because we were talking about what do we do to, you know, keep ourselves secure. And, and I love uh, what your son said about the idea of the Holy Spirit being the, the key protector. You got to have the Holy Spirit in your heart yeah. uh, and, and nurture that presence uh, that secures it. But you know, we're all pretty, pretty well versed to the idea that you lock your doors at night, you know, um, like in town, you're supposed to make sure your, your car is locked. You don't leave the fob in there because how many cars get stolen from uh, Hinsdale on regular basis? I actually left uh, the fob in our minivan the other night, <laughs> sitting right on the console. And I came out, I was like, well, I cannot believe somebody did not steal that van. Um, but because we have now a, a practice of like making sure the the doors are locked front and back. The security lights are on. And I think we need to do that in our hearts, too, mm -hmm. and especially with our family, just to make sure the windows and doors are locked that, you know, especially with kids now, they have 24-hour open access to the internet, which I think is so dangerous if it's not checked and accountable, right? Um, so check what your kids are watching. Be aware of any weird behavior that might uh, evolve if you start to see them unable to rest peacefully or worship peacefully. Or as I even mentioned uh, when I was talking a couple weeks ago about the unclean spirit, where even spiritual practice or worship, you start to get tired. You know, it, the Bible is not actually boring, but some reason we come to it and then suddenly we feel sleepy. Just be aware of those kind of things and how do we nurture then the presence of the Holy Spirit, which can protect us from those indwellings, as you talked about, or influences of unclean or wicked spirit. Yeah. And one of the, the, the signs that exorcists will notice uh, is... Um, a sort of being repelled by spiritual practices, prayers, Bibles, worship. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think something that's part of that for us is to continue uh, our faithful practices of regular worship, regular gathering together, regular prayer, mm -hmm. regular scripture reading. Um, and not, not first because we don't want to be oppressed or indwelt by a spirit, right? But first because we love God. Right. But that is a benefit to it, right? We love the God who Jesus can cast out demon uh, without using an amulet, without mm -hmm. uh, proclaiming the name of anyone because he's Jesus. Yeah. And um, even the, the demons in the, the story yesterday, they, they have to ask permission for where they go next, which I think is funny, mm -hmm. right? 
they don't just run away, right? They're like, well, can we please go in the pigs? Right, yeah. I, I mean, there's a sense that Jesus is all-powerful in that situation, yes. and they know it. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so I give it, you know, I have a couple of creepy stories, but I'll, I'll save them if you want. Um, but one in particular, I remember a parent uh, at my previous church uh, was just concerned about her son who had just was showing some kind of uh, darker behavior. Um, otherwise, you know, decent kid, but uh, she invited me into his house uh, and into his room when he wasn't there and just to pray over it. And she asked me, you know, if you walk around, you see, you know, anything that, that kind of feels, you know, disturbing. Um, and so I remember walking around in his room and, you know, she gave me permission to look around a little bit. And I just, I did find a weird little, it was like a, an action figure, but it was not a, it wasn't a, it was an unknown figure that I had not seen before. And he had it kind of tucked in a particular place in his room. Uh, in a cabinet, kind of in this weird, weird way. But you could tell that it was easily accessible. And there was just something disquieting about that present. So I just grabbed it and, and took it out and asked for permission to get rid of it, and I did. I'm not saying that was a trigger and suddenly he was fine, um, but that did initiate a season of healing for him, uh, and, he, and he later mm -hmm. came back around and was, was a solid kid. So yeah. yeah, I think you just have to be aware. It can be strange things like objects or movies or particular you know kinds of music you talked about dark music there's really dark stuff out there yeah um you know we had a similar situation with uh one of our kids that was starting to read uh it was a um, crowd uh, uh kind of um writing it was like everyone could write their own part of the story online hmm. and it just as she was starting to describe i'm like that doesn't sound good at all yeah uh, we looked into it a little deeper and we're like no sorry that that you can't you can't watch that you know, you can't read that. So it's just even literature, stuff like that. You gotta be aware. And I'd be careful of anything that uh, um, is given that seems to have some sort of spiritual meaning to it and you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, an artifact, a piece of art, a sculpture, those kinds of things, uh, trinkets. I would also say uh, any sort of situation where you're asked to make vows yeah. in, in any way other than Jesus' name, <laughs> Uh, uh, in a in a spiritual sort of sense, uh, is dangerous, yeah. and you should at least be questioning that um, sort of vows that you make. Uh, and and uh, and I would just say, uh, pray. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the one of the best ways to just continue to kind of close those doors and those windows and keep things sort of sealed up in your heart is through prayer, through a God who hears you and uh, cares about you and has Lord, is Lord over those, any sort of evil, yuck kind of stuff. I mean, I, I feel like I have to do a, a regular sort of prayer cleansing in my own life of things like lies mm. that I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. I stink at this, or I'm no good at this, or I'm never going to get this. That doesn't come from God. Right. Mm -hmm. So we pray and we go, Okay, we're going to pray through that, and whatever it is in my life that's sort of opened that up, whether that's a, a sin that I've committed or something that's sort of glommed on to my life, kind of constantly just going, God, purify me of that. And uh, we believe through Scripture that God does that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to bless your home. Mm -hmm. if you've, yeah. to, to go through your house with your family and pray for each room and pray for your kitchen and the bathrooms and the bedroom and pray over your computer and your phones and and not because we have hope in the prayer the prayer isn't a magic charm right it's that that we have hope in Christ and that's really important to differentiate because a lot of these kind of spiritual things we're talking about uh, there's not often the belief of like a god or a deity behind them it's that the thing itself has power but we don't 
it's it's Jesus who has the power. But to just recognize uh, his sovereignty and lordship over our lives and our home, our homes, and to be able to do that in prayer, and then that can help form us in in our behavior in our rooms and our home. Yeah, I'd recommend, and I have. If you're watching us online, still um, turn it up, turn mm. it up really loud, and even mm-hmm. let the the worship you might hear from first service or or second service just radiate through your home or turn it on later turn on worship music anytime and just yeah fill the house again we're not saying that in a, a, a creepy way uh it's just a way of filling your house with the presence of the, of the spirit you know i'm trying to do a few more things uh lately to just take care of myself better uh so exercising more and, and um taking different you know uh, vitamins and stuff and they all say on the package before you start taking this check with your doctor i never do but but i would say the same to our friends out there like if if you're at a place where you're like you know my kid's starting to do this thing and i'm not sure or i was invited to something recently i was aware of something that was in our town in western springs a gathering for moms uh women that had some weird weird elements to it that i was very uncomfortable about and i sent an email out to a few people that i i could tell were at least related to it um, but it's okay to say, hey, I was invited to something. It has, you're saying, kind of vow elements mm-hmm. to it. Maybe I'll check with the pastor mm-hmm. and yeah. just see, just to get our opinion. We would love to get those kind of phone calls. Yeah. Or my kid's listening to this kind of music or is, is reading this series of books. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it? We, I know we would love to get mm-hmm. those kind of, kind of calls. Yeah, and we, I'll just say there's an open invitation from the three of us. Anytime, any one of us, you can call and say, would you come and just bless my home? Yeah. I don't know how to pray for my home. Come walk through, and we'll teach you how to do it so that you can continue to do that in your own home. Uh, if you have a child who's having a tough time sleeping or is having nightmares or something like yeah. that, I mean, I, one of my first encouragements would be, hey, could I come over to the house um, and just, just pray? And maybe, maybe it has nothing to do with the space at all. Um, but we believe in, in those man-made structures, too, that uh, there may have been things that happened in your home years and years ago that we'll never know about, right? We just want to clean that space and just sort of sweep it out and claim uh, Jesus' lordship over that. So I'm aware that we could continue to talk about this for a long time. I think we've already gone longer than I planned. But uh, very interesting topic. We'd love to hear questions from you. And uh, if we get more questions and sort of feedback, we will definitely, in this series, turn on the microphones again and... Uh, and have an opportunity to talk a little bit more and give you guidance. But I think Simon's word is a great word. Um, you know, check with your doctor, check with your pastor. Um, uh, we, this, is, this is part of what God has called us to do, is to be aware of this battle, uh, to claim Jesus as Lord and winner of that battle, yep. um, and to join you in the midst of uh, battle and claiming the light of Jesus Christ in the midst of so much darkness. Mm-hmm. So let me, uh, let me pray for us. Yeah. Lord, uh, would you protect us? Would you set a, a hedge of protection, a filter of protection around every listener right now, their hearts, their minds, their families, their homes, their places of work, that filters out the, the bad, the evil, that which would seek to discourage, destroy, lie, mm-hmm. and instead just uh, leave that which is good and from you, the encouraging, the hopeful, the uplifting and the ultimately victorious. We claim Lordship Jesus, uh, your Lordship over all things. Uh, You are creator of all things. You are Lord of them, even in the spiritual realm, the things that we can't see. So we trust you, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you would guard our hearts even as we talk about this difficult topic of evil, of demons, Mm -hmm. 
that you would guard our hearts from getting too fascinated, too interested, or scared. That is not from you, Lord. So we claim you as the God of encouragement and wisdom. And uh, Lord, may we see you as the one who is constantly purifying and protecting and encouraging and leading. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Mm -hmm.